We're going to continue in our series here. I'm finishing the book of Genesis today. So you may be even able to say that, wow, this first quarter of this year, I was able to go through the book of Genesis, and I'm with you in that. We will read in a few moments, we'll read a New Testament section to lead into our study of Joseph. All of the scripture, you knew when we started this, we were talking about one scripture, one story, one savior. The point is that the scripture should always lead to the savior, Jesus Christ. Wherever you read in the Bible, you should be able to come to the gospel message. Every book in the Bible, everywhere you read the stories, we always land on the gospel and you will tell about Jesus. So when we get to that in closing our time today as we finish up with Joseph and connect that in this series, one story, one scripture, one savior. And we've also been looking at, as we conclude today with Joseph and Jesus Christ, we're gonna be ending up on the, at the table here, the Lord's table, communion, to participate in that, because that's the gospel message. So if you're at home, this is a sacred meal. I will invite you at this time to find a bread, a loaf of bread, crackers and grape juice, something you can participate in with us. Because the message of Joseph is ultimately the, the message that Jesus Christ, our Savior, came. That is the gospel. And every believer, as you walk with Jesus Christ, the, the gospel message is something that will just come out of you all the time. You want to tell that story, the greatest story ever told. You can give stories or illustration, but it has to come down to the gospel. So my reading is going to come from Philippians chapter 2. I'll be reading verses 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. And if you can, please, Abel, will you stand in the reading and prayers of the scripture? Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 to 11. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of his servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father, amen. Father, now we have read your word May we understand and may we be obedient to follow your message and to go out and to change lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. So I'm going over to Genesis and where we have been. We ended up the last time in the story of Joseph. We looked at the story of Joseph. So I just said that the Old Testament and the New Testament are always one story. Um, St. Augustine said, the New Testament is the old concealed. The Old Testament is the new revealed. The New Testament is the old concealed, and the Old Testament is the new concealed. We'll see that even in our reading today. 
We are going to be talking about Joseph. He was in a foreign place. He's going to be, we left him in Egypt. But the familiar in his life, his family, friends who are back in Cana. So we're going to see how is this foreign and the familiar going to come together. So we see in the story, we left Joseph in chapter 41. He was 30 years old. He had been sold in slavery from his home in Cana, brought over to Potiphar, and then finally to Pharaoh. He was 17 years old, so a teenager. You, you see that. But now we read that in chapter 41, verse 46. He was 30 years old, but now he's a statesman. So he went from slavery to be a statesman. He was a number two man in Egypt at that time, next to Pharaoh. So we see in the story how he got to be in Pharaoh's house was Pharaoh had two dreams. And Joseph interpreted that dream by saying, we're going to have a time of difficulty. There's going to be a time of plenty, abundance. We have tons of food for seven years. For another seven years, we're really going to have famine. It's going to be very difficult, not only in Egypt, but all the region that um, was under their control. So we pick up the story here. I'm going to be dealing in three main areas, facing the family dysfunction, forgiveness and restoration, and the blessing that came out of this. So we see in chapter 42, there's now food in Egypt. And we read that Jacob, he learned about this, and he sent his 10 brothers of Joseph. They didn't know Joseph is in Egypt. So the 10 brothers traveled over to, to Egypt and go to this warehouse. Joseph must have built huge mega warehouses. You know, it's like these places when there's a disaster, our hurricanes, and you know, FEMA is there with supplies. And when we went through Katrina, we had a little bit of experience here because we had a warehouse over here on 427 and we gathered everything and folks came from New Orleans that we were able to serve. So Joseph is in charge of this huge operation. So we come to chapter 42, his brothers come over to Egypt and it says in verse three, the 10 of Joseph's brothers went down to buy grain. Think about that. So their father has sent only 10 of them, one is still back home because of the famine. Verse six, now Joseph was the governor of the land, the person who sold grain to all its people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces on the ground. Remember in chapter 37, he had a dream that he hated him and sold him, but now they are bowing down before Joseph. And we read also that Joseph recognized them. He saw them. These are my brothers. They did not know that. He saw them. He was now, first thing we're looking here is facing the family dysfunction. These brothers who sold me back there in Canaan for me to come back in Egypt. He sees them. And the Bible says, as soon as he recognized them, he pretended that he doesn't know these guys. But they did not recognize Joseph, verse 8. Then Joseph remembered his dream. And so Joseph had this conversation that, he talked to this guy. Wes, you, you said you just came here to buy grain. You look like spies. You're just coming to check out our land to bring trouble. And they said, oh, no, we were from a great family. We have a younger brother, and we left him at home. Joseph is thinking, because he was the only child of Rachel, the firstborn. He had a second brother who was Benjamin. 
So the story goes on that Joseph saw these guys who did harm to him and he put them in prison. They don't know him. He just, verse 17, he put them all in custody for three days, locked them up. You know, you and I know when somebody hurts us, pain us, whether it's in your family, whether it's in your business, whether it's your children or your parents or any family relationship, whoever hurts you, you want to even up with that person. You just want to get it right with them. So God must have been walking. After three days, Joseph brought them out and he said, okay, we're going to sell the food to you and you have to go on. But if you come back here, you have to return here and bring me grain. Chapter 42, verse 24. Joseph is doing all of this and he knew the brothers are talking. We had a brother that we sold, his blood is now on our, on our hands. Joseph is weeping. He turned away from them and began to weep, but then came back to them and he provided grain for them in verse 25. He ordered his servant. Sometimes the pain in our hearts with somebody who has wronged us, we, we feel it. The sin that has caused that, with their suffering, but we want to always come out with a way that we want to even up with the person. And this is what we see. Joseph is not doing that. He sends them home and they go back home and they arrive at their dad's place and they say, dad, we brought grain. But you know what? We found out on our way here that the money we paid was put back in our sacks and we brought all the money back. And they just kept saying, that man, the scriptures say they refer to him, the man who is in charge over there in Egypt, he gave us our money back. Well, that was a good thing. And so Joseph sends them with his gifts. The story goes on to show that they had seen the generosity of this man they did not know. But this man, Joseph, knew that these were the ones who have caused me pain and hurt, and I am showing kindness to them. When you face your dysfunction, when you know those have hurt you, like we had from our sister sharing her story there, those who have caused those him, whether it's in a friend or anything, you want to even up. You just want to get on with that person and change everything. But we don't see that here in the story of Joseph because he wants his brothers to come back. He wants to be able to supply them the need. The story goes on that he faces this dysfunction, but God in his love, the robust love that he had for his family members, how he cared for them, he can see the evil in their eyes that they did to him. He will remember Sometimes we remember the hurt we've gone through and we just want to even up. Joseph didn't do that. And we read on in the scripture here that the providence of God, we talked about last week, is bringing this all together. That what they meant for evil. So the next thing we see that they, they go back home and dad sends them back to Joseph with gifts. They bring the gifts to Joseph this time. And so I pick it up in verse 40, in chapter 44. They come back with Joseph, they bring the gifts, and Joseph throws a banquet for them. You know the uh, enemy? He throws a banquet for them, and we come over to chapter 45. Joseph could no longer control himself in the presence of these brothers, and so he began to weep, pain, hurt, memory, you know, looking, how can I forgive? How can I restore with those who've done this to me? And so the Bible says he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and Pharaoh's household heard about him. Why is number two guy weeping? Verse four, then Joseph said to his brothers, come closer. When they heard, and it's come closer. When they had done so, 
he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold in Egypt. Can you hear that reveal, that declaration that Joseph tells them, I am the one. God sent me here ahead of you to prepare the way. And so Joseph also said, I have been sent and now you've come, I will provide for you. So he gives them boatload of food and money and everything they need and sent them back. And this time, he had a little game to play. You know, we're always finding ways to even up with people. So this time, he put one of his silver cups in one of these bags. And when he sent the people to go and, and meet them on the road, they brought them all back to, to, to Egypt. And they said, look at what you've done. We showed great kindness to you. What is Joseph doing? He throws this banquet for them, and they are all sitting down there. They, they have now recognized them, and there is a reconciliation. So when you face your dysfunction and God brings love and healing, celebrate it. Celebrate that one with a person, not because of you, but because of the goodness and kindness of God. So Joseph now is showing the miracle of love with his brothers, and at this banquet, they get to know this is my brother. And Joseph is saying, I forgive you. I bring restoration to you. you. I send you back home to bring my dad and all the family. So when you get to the book of Exodus and you hear that Israel, the people in Canaan, they came to live in Egypt. That is how they came over there. Joseph was the one that brought them over. So Joseph has shown his forgiveness and love and God has done this. Sometimes when God sends us to a place that we get restored, the reason is for the gospel. The reason is that they get to know who God is. They get to hear the, the goodness of God and the message. When I first left home country, Sierra Leone, I lived in Liberia, I came to the United States. We were just newly married in 1984. We had left our nice gifts, wedding gifts in storage, so we went back. And then in 1990, the war broke out in Liberia. And so we fled back to Sierra Leone. Then we had to go to neighboring Guinea. So we were in Guinea in a refugee camp, you know, just buying time to get over to Liberia and just evacuate and never go back there. So while you are hanging out, when you're in a refugee camp, you just have time in your hand. So my wife, Jennifer, and I, we were just strolling around and just looking, you know, you wait for everything is on time. We got to a house and we were just looking. I can see a picture on the wall in this house that that picture belonged to me. You know, the stuff we had left in story two years, they, you know, it was stolen and we didn't even worry about that. We see it in somebody's house. And my wife with her energy just charged up that house and we got into the bedroom and even the bedding on the house was ours. Oh, we've been looking for our stuff that was stolen. And so, but being in a refugee camp, you have to follow protocol. So we went in and talked to the authorities there, and that evening there was a court hearing, a local court hearing, and the young man was brought to us, and everybody was there, and he was found guilty, and they said he should return all our goods, and he should be able to pay this, and they'll punish him. But we saw that as an opportunity for the gospel. So we told everybody, we forgive him, he did wrong, but we use that opportunity to declare the gospel. That thousands of years ago, I was also guilty of wrong done in sin. But God in his love gave Jesus Christ and I have life in him. So we forgive this man, but we, we declare to all of you that the message you should hear 
It's the message of Jesus Christ. And that is what Joseph also showed to his brothers, that God sent me here to declare that. I've had tremendous opportunity over the last 20 years to be back in Guinea and really proclaim the gospel. Let the dysfunction, let the pain, let the hurt bring you to a realization that when I know the one who the story is about, I will be a blessing to the other nations. And the rest of the story, I encourage you to please take time to read in Genesis, even this week, as you finish this up, to get the story of the great story, the one story, the one savior that you will find in this, in this story of Joseph. So Joseph's brothers, uh, we, you can look in the, in the chapters in between, they are now settled in Egypt. They are now there, and Joseph continued to show kindness. I'm going to hop over to the last chapter. Uh, when I talk to some of you about Joseph, you like the story in the last chapter. All of his brothers are together with him, and they are now feeling this pain. And Joseph wants to fulfill that what was said to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, you will be blessed to be a blessing. And that's why we see Joseph is fulfilling the thread that went on from Joseph, from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. And now to Joseph is going to be a blessing. And that's what the rest of this chapter tells us in 46 to um, 50. But in chapter 50, Joseph is going to reassure his brothers that you meant this for evil, but God meant it for good. So I'll hop over to chapter 50 and verse, uh, start from 18. His brothers came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves. <laughs> they sold him in slavery. No, Joseph said, no, get up, get up. Verse 19. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. I am in the place of God. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the, same, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children and be assured. Then, and then he spoke to them kindly. See, Joseph is fulfilling what is the message that God has for his brothers. I was sent over here. Now I'm in this place that I can be a blessing to you. Your dysfunction should bring you to a place of deliverance. And when you get to that place of deliverance, be able to show forgiveness, be able to restore the pain, the hurt, and, and whatever sin has caused. Because that's God's pattern in scripture. There's always the, the mankind has fallen, but by the love of God, he brings Jesus Christ to us. When we come to this table, we are going to see that's what God did for us. That God saw we were lost, that all have sinned from creation, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But God in his love, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, who came to set us free. So I trust as you are hearing this, you are wondering, if I am not there yet, if I am someone who doesn't know Jesus Christ as my savior, you are loved by God. And he wants you to be able to acknowledge that. That he said, as many as receive in the scripture says, you become a child of God and you can forgive. But also, you may be a believer, you are just warped in pain and hurt and anger. God wants to release you like Joseph from that. The one that has caused you the pain, God wants you to show love. Or you have caused pain to others, God wants you to show his love. 
to that person because he's a God of restoration and to bring us back to himself. So as we look at the scriptures, not so much the story of Joseph, but we actually see that this story of Joseph mirrors Jesus Christ himself. There are similarities you can see in Joseph that is in Jesus Christ. You know, theologians would say that that is a type of Jesus foreshadowed. Joseph was the one you can look at his story and you can see exactly the picture of Jesus Christ. Jesus would be the only one, the savior that we can look to. So let me mention a couple of these to us and you can always go back on our, on our website. The guys here do a great job. You can see these similarities, the gospel of Jesus in the story of Jesus. Joseph was the firstborn, you know, by his mother, Rachel. Je Jesus was the firstborn of Rachel. And, and we see that both of them were, were shepherds. Joseph was a shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I am the one that will lead and you can follow. We also see that both of them, like Joseph, there was hatred by his brothers. Jesus, the Bible says in John, that he came to his own, but his own rejected him. He was rejected by men, Isaiah Wright. He was, he was not received just like Joseph was not. We see that the hatred that was there for Joseph when he came to his brothers, they stripped him up of his robe and they dipped his, his robe in blood and took it back to their dad. Jesus on that day, when he was arrested, he was taken. And the robe that was with him, he was beaten up and his blood was shed for you and I. Jesus was feeling the pain of our sin. And he took upon ourselves to be the slave for our sin. In him was no sin, but he took upon us the sin of the whole world. God was there. Just like that we, read, we read earlier that in with Joseph, God was with Joseph. When he was in Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. When he was in Pharaoh's house, the Lord was with him. God's one and only son, he was with him when he made that road to the cross to die for us. He started his ministry at the age of 30, just like Joseph started his ministry. And when Jesus started his ministry, he proclaimed what his ministry was going to be about. Let me read for us from Luke chapter Luke chapter 4, because that's the story we even see one-to-one -one hope. Jesus told us what his ministry was, was. Luke chapter 4, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord. Jesus was sent to bring us redemption. Jesus was sent to set us free from sin. Like Joseph, he finally had to reveal to his brothers, I am the one that you sold in slavery. Jesus Christ said, when John saw Jesus and he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Believe in him. And that was declared about Jesus. And one day we read there in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, one day every knee we're going to bow before Jesus. He is the only king. He is the only Lord. And if you've not yet bowed your knee before him in repentance and trust, he's loving, he's inviting you wherever you are. But we are the ones who are to pro proclaim that. Joseph offered forgiveness to his brothers, embraced them. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he said, it is finished. 
That means whatever was between man and God, it's done, D-O-N-E. You can only come to the Father through Jesus Christ. And that's the one that has been revealed. Forgive your sins. Joseph died, he was buried. He never lived again. Jesus died, he was buried. But Jesus is alive. He's the one that will reign. And Jesus said to us, those of us who love him and follow him, he said, this gospel of the kingdom shall be proclaimed in all the world, then the end will come. Anyone who believes in Jesus, it's for us to obey that word when he says, go. Finally, in, in, in Galilee, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. Well, the one who was rejected, the one who died, he's the one that we should proclaim. If you are here as a believer, as we come to this table, this is our challenge today, that this is a table of remembrance. It is a table we remember that he died for us. He rose again, he's alive. We come to this table to celebrate. But also we come to this table to receive pardon, forgiveness. So if you are here with us in this room or online, we want you to consider what is the dysfunction I've been wrestling with? Who has hurt me? Maybe it's in your marriage, it's in your business, it's in your neighborhood, or whatever it is, even in your church. Come to this table. Renew your heart and say, Jesus, I hurt them. Forgive me and I'll go to them. They hurt me, Jesus, I forgive. I will go to them. And when we do that, it's to proclaim the gospel. This table, that's the message when we come to this table of that. Because Jesus has given us, we prepare our hearts for this table. We come to this table to be able to experience that. Before we go down to the table, let's just take time to pray. You may be in any of those categories. I have not trusted Jesus Christ. He is ready and willing to receive you. Or I have some pain. Bring it to him. Or I want to proclaim the gospel. Let us pray together. Father, we pause this time to consider what you have done for us. We pause, dear Lord, to recognize that we who know you, we need to proclaim your message, the power of the cross, that you, Lord, got victory over when you died for our sins. So help us believers to be people who go out and proclaim you. Father, we also pray for where there's pain, there's suffering, there's sin. We bring it before you with any one of us, Lord, that you will bring the forgiveness of our sins, that we will, Lord, know that you forgive us, we forgive them. And we can come to this table and celebrate. Those who don't know you right now, Lord, may that be a consideration. In Jesus' name, amen.